taken the lead. A lovely free kick found the head of the Birmingham City captain. It's a dangerous ball, it's a looping header, and it's a goal against the run of play for Birmingham City. Abby Grant. It's a lovely finish into the top corner. Guided in by Lucy Whip. Just gently lofted out of the reach of the keeper. Might be another chance for another goal. Cracking save by Hampton. Welcome to Brum is Blue. Don't adjust your dials. It's great since 68, but with a 2021 overhaul. We have a new name, but don't worry. We have the same old faces to bring you their thoughts on women's football. The first one to join me tonight is a familiar face, Chris Pugh. He's been here since episode probably about three or four, I think it was. Chris, how, how have you been? I haven't spoke to you in a while. Yeah, not too bad, Craig. Yeah, I hope you all had a, a good, as good a possible Christmas and New Year and, and ready for 2021. Yeah, I think I think most of us were in the area where we could have Christmas Day. Or was it? Were you tier four by that point, or were you still tier tier three? No, we were we were tier three on Christmas Day. So yeah, that's all right then. Apart from uh, we'll, we'll get into we'll get into some people who weren't in tier three, but we'll get into that later. I'm sure. Uh, we are also joined this evening by Stacy. Stacy, how have you been? You had a nice um, winter break. Yeah, it's not been too bad. I'm currently on crutches with a torn ligament in my knee, so that's not the best. But yeah, apart from that, I, everything's good. So you're out of next week's game against Brighton? Is that I am, yeah. Oh. I'm you can in, confirm, I'm exclusive. Yeah, it's an exclusive. <laughs> I've got a torn ligament, so I'm out of action for a while. Oh dear. We hope uh, Stacey gets better soon. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> and we'll get into more positive news with the first signing of the transfer window, hopefully not the last. Birmingham City have completed the signing of Greek international V. Tricky Sari from Sheffield United. The 23-year-old forward will look to put her injury issues behind her as she gets the chance to play in the WSL for the first time. We have a clip for you now from V. Tricky Sari herself, which we will now play for you on the show. I've worked with Carla before at Sheffield United and I'm so grateful that she and the club have given me this opportunity. I'd say I'm a creative player. I like to dribble. I like to shoot, I like to score goals. The, the truth is I come from the championship. Uh, I have played international level though. Um, but yeah, I think that I'll have to prove myself and the repay the trust that this club has shown to me. And yeah, I'm, I really want to do well, help this club go on and achieve bigger and better things. Mm. As a female footballer, you always have to prove that you're, you're good. Or I've played with uh, boys teams when I was younger, so you prove that you can play and you can compete against boys or better players. So yeah, definitely that's a, a drive and a motivating factor for me. But at the end of the day, I just enjoy playing football and like, I just love it. I just really want to compete against the best players in the world in one of the best leagues in the world. This is a, a dream for me, a lifetime opportunity that Carla and the club have given me. Oh, I think there's, I think there's loads to come from this this uh, squad and these girls. Nine points is is a very very good um, achievement, but I think there's there's loads to come, and I I hope to be part of this uh, success. The clip you've just heard comes from an interview which the club conducted with the new signing. For the full interview, go to Birmingham City's YouTube channel. Carla has paid a fee for Sari Chris. This seems to indicate that she is a player that Carla isn't willing to wait for a contract to run down. What did you make of this decision? Without knowing a great deal about uh, about V, it's um, you know I, I trust Carla's judgment. She's obviously coached her before at Sheffield United. She knows what she's all about. You know, and, and Carla's been at Blues long enough to now to know what 
she needs in this squad, like to 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 take us to another level, to to keep us going. Um, she obviously thinks that's the forward positions, and hopefully, it's a it's an addition that can bring some some pace and creativity to the side, um, and and take a bit of pressure off of Claudia Walker for for the goal scoring duties. Yeah, absolutely. And she's a player who can play in a variety of positions, a lot like a lot of the players we have in the current squad. Um, according to a friend of the show, Rich Laverty, she's been playing as a left-back for Sheffield United in recent in the season, last season or so. So maybe that gives us more options if we have injuries, which which is ironic because we've got loads of injuries already. But uh, yeah, it, it does look like she herself sees herself as an attacking player. So hopefully she gets to play where she wants to play going forward. We've seen in football that certain managers have players that are essential to the way they want to play. Harry Redknapp and Jermaine Defoe, for example. Do you think this kind of approach tends to work more often than not, Stacey? It depends. It's, it depends on the manager and whatnot. Um, I'm sure Chris will agree with me that it's not working for Cranker at the moment down the blues. So I don't know. You've seen managers in the men's game come in and they've persisted with their system and then it's, it's flourished and come good. But they're normally teams that have got money to back the managers of what players they want to bring in for the formation and that they want to play. So I think it's always harder for managers who haven't necessarily got the financial backing to bring in new players and have to work with what they've got in sometimes certain formations just doesn't work for certain players. With Carla, as you say, she hasn't got the, the biggest budget to work with. So it's about it's about trust. She knows she needs numbers in, uh, she needs bodies through the door and it's about who can she trust to to bring in and and sort of hit the ground running um, and, and make an impact, and obviously she sees she sees that in in V. Yeah, I'm absolutely. going with V, by the way. V is I'm going with V. Everybody else on Twitter seems to be going with V. I'm happy with V tricky, I think, but I'm going with V. I think it. I think it's also important that you got a player that you know won't upset the atmosphere at the club. Someone she, obviously, if you've worked with her before, you know that she's not going to cause a fuss if we get a bad result here or there and keep momentum going forward in a positive way. So as, as we say, hopefully she does great. She's obviously someone who's been um, messaging everyone who's said thank you to, for joining the club. So she's obviously trying to get the connection with the fans from very early on. So we wish her the best. Another bit of news uh, this week was that former Birmingham City midfielder Joe Potter announced her retirement from football. The 36-year-old made 152 appearances for the Blues, scoring 18 goals in the process. Her magic wand of a left foot is perhaps what she's best known for, but she seemed to embody that professionalism both on and off the field. She was a part of Birmingham City's side that won the club's only major trophy, helping Blues lift the FA Cup in 2012 and was named in our Team of the Decade just this past year, I think it was, and won bronze with England at the 2015 World Cup. I've not had too many chats with Joe over the years. When she was at the club, I didn't really speak to players at all, really myself, call it nerves or whatever. But I remember after a game against Reading, I think it was in 2019, I spoke to her for our special episode on the 2012 FA Cup win, episode 50, if you want to go back and listen to it. She couldn't have been more accommodating to me to give her a time, even though we'd beaten Reading 2-1 on the day. I would like to wish her the best with her future plans, which could very well be coaching, having taken a role with Coventry United in recent seasons to help coach their team. Does anyone want to share their favourite Joe Potter memory that, uh, with the listeners? I remember getting drunk with her watching the World Cup. Does that, does that class no, as one? No, oh, her, on the, her on the pitch, <laughs> Stacey. Uh, let's be fair. We, we know Joe was a player who went on the pitch and she commanded everything that happened and if she wasn't on the pitch she was on the sideline and 
I never thought I'd ever meet someone who could shout louder than Marcus Bignot until I heard Joe shout. So <laughs> she's um she's been a fantastic player to watch over the years. And as Craig said, I wish her all the best in the future with whatever comes next for her. As a player, she she was in that blue side that when when the WSL commenced. Looking back on it, I think you'd probably put her quality wise and what she actually gave to Blues probably in the top three players for Blues in the WSL era. She gave so much in terms of energy and endeavour in that midfield, but also her ability from set pieces and like you say that that left foot got us out of trouble so often. Whether it was you know a, a long diagonal for for strikers to chase down to get us out of trouble, or or as I say, whipping in corners or free kicks, which she often did. Fantastic player and someone that probably probably deserved that WSL title. Think back to that day against Notts County. She was. Uh, Obviously, everybody was absolutely gutted that day, but it, it, she, she was she was pretty distraught that day. So, yeah, I feel like I feel like she was one that really deserved that that title. You know, for for many years we challenged them, and, and she was one that that probably deserved it more than more than others. And if you'd like to share your favourite memories of Joe's time at Blues, send them to blueswomensg at gmail.com and we shall read some of them out on next week's show. Next up is a new segment for the show in which we go around the room venting a little steam about any stories in the women's football news that has really grinded our gears, so to speak, over the course of the past seven days. If you don't have anything to say, feel free to pass. The only proviso is that you only get two minutes to vent and no interruptions, please. This is called the Steam Room. Chris, let's start with you. Anything in the news that has really got on your nerves this week? I find myself quite often shaking my head at women's football. Um... Do I go with the Dubai thing, or do you two want that? Do you want that, Stace? I'm cool with whatever you want, Chris, because <laughs> there's there's been a lot this week that, that we could all pick from. To be fair, I'll go the FA. Then you can have Dubai as it's as it's a topic relating to Blues. I think I'll go the the treatment of of certain clubs by the FA compared to others. The ruling that they put out, um, you know, based on the the fact that postponements had to be COVID related, um, is a bit of a push. I don't know 100% the Blues situation. Um, I'm led to believe that a Blues player, at least one uh, over in Dubai um, over the festive period, um, whether we've had any COVID cases or not, um, you know, to allow Bristol, make Bristol City play Man City when they had problems. Um, and then as soon as Man City and Arsenal and Man United have problems of their own doing because of people going abroad. Um, it seems like, you know, we knew anyway, we've known for a very, very long time that big the big clubs get uh, better treatment by the FI. But uh, the COVID situation recently has absolutely nailed that to the mast. Um, you know, not letting us uh, postpone our game against Spurs and m- making us make that decision ourselves um has put i think it's put the fa in in a really bad light actually how long have i got craig 45 seconds as i say the the man city arsenal man united issue is is all set brought on by themselves and their own players um and these these clubs are, are clubs that have got bigger squads than than we could dream of you know um and and they're being allowed to manipulate the system um because effectively they know that 
all they have to do is click their fingers and, and the FA will say yes to them, um, whatever they need, because they don't want to upset the the big teams. They don't want to upset the Arsenal's and, and Man City's um, and, and it's double standards at its very best. Perfectly timed, Chris. Nice on the two minutes. When I did this in practice, obviously I did a minute on something and it was uh, not long enough for the subject I was talking about. So I, I made it two minutes. I think two minutes is r- roughly what you you we we, we should do for this. We, mm. we'll, we'll improve it as we go in for this segment. It's obviously the first week doing it. Stacey, what do you want to talk about? I suppose I better speak about the boy gate being as Chris <laughs> had a, a rant about the FI. Let me just get Mate. my popcorn. Where do I start? So the boy gate, it's become a bit of a farce edit, let's be fair. Casey Stoney's come out in the media and said that she holds her hands up. I should not have let my players have gone on holiday. But the way it was worded to me was that she basically turned around and said, go and let your hair down, do what you want, basically. But for me, in the situation that this country is in, what the world's in in this pandemic, go and let your hair down. If they'd have broke the rules by going to see their families, I don't think it would have been as such an issue. Why they thought it was a good idea to fly to Dubai when the majority of them was in a tier four area where it's against government guidelines, do they think that to mix then the teams around, there's Man City players, there's Man United players, there's Arsenal players, there's a Birmingham player, there's a Liverpool player. That's how many different areas, how many different tier systems. It's ridiculous. There's other people that have gone. I know for a fact there's another player from our team that went away, but they went away before Christmas with their family. There's people out there that haven't seen family. As I'm sure most people are aware, we've lost people this year. Kaz couldn't see her mum before she died because of the restrictions with travelling up north. You've got myself where my granddad died and my brother couldn't even go to the funeral. And then you've got players who think they're that entitled and they're that selfish that think that it's acceptable to go and stand, post a picture of them all on a boat having a nice merry old time and a merry old drink while there's people over here dying in hospitals i think it's absolute disgrace they sh- not only should or everyone's calling for them to come out and apologize they shouldn't apologize to the fa saying it's none of their concern it's for a club matter it weren't their concern right you had male footballers who have been banned and not selected for england if any of them are selected for the next england camp oh, it will be fuming phil foden was not al- allowed to be selected for the england camp so why are they they need to come out things need to be sorted it's not just the clubs the fa need to step up and that's your time. Well, 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 we'll fit in two, two minutes. Very concise and very fair. I, from I think old. I could have carried on. Yeah, I know you could. That's the, that's why there's a timer. <laughs> <laughs> I, c- I could probably elaborate on the Dubai thing because that's what I was going to planning on talking about. But I think maybe I sh- I'll, I'll try and do two minutes on something else to m- try and mix it up a bit. So I'm going to be talking about our favourite England manager, Mr. Phil Neville, who's oh. been in the news once again uh-huh. this week. <laughs> Probably for the last time. So Gonna need more than popcorn for this one. Now then, Phil Neville has been in the news once again because Phil Neville has been shopping himself around for a new job, which he said that he wasn't going to use the England job as a stepping stone, but it's proving more and more the case that he is doing that because he's looking at the job for Inter Miami in uh, in line with his friend, Mr. David Beckham, who is one of the part owners in this club. In the MLS, he is looking to move on from the women's football job. He's obviously leaving his job. It is it's this year, end of this year, mid this year, yeah. something like. That. Sorry, I'm asking. I'm asking for help when I'm not supposed to get interruptions. Like, mm. <laughs> I, I thank you for that, Chris. So anyway, um, yeah. So Phil Neville is looks like he's going to leave, and he still wants the Team GB job, a job that he's been given because he's England manager essentially. 
Jonathan Liu of The Guardian said it best. He said, this isn't about just having your cake and eating it. It's having your cake, eating it, then insisting on more cake while you eye up the plate of profiteroles on the next table. It's such a situation where it sums up Neville, I guess, that he's looking to, he's ambitious. He's trying to continue his route up as a manager, but he's still relying on the handouts from his friends in jobs such as this. He's obviously was linked with his brother Valencia, I think it was for a part-time. And it's just, it, it continues to be a case where Phil Neville isn't really going to be taken seriously as doing it on his own when he keeps getting handouts from his friends to continue his ambitious career. And although he's a very good interviewer, he's not obviously as good a manager as he thinks he is. And maybe one day he will be, but at this point, I don't think he is. And Phil Neville is heading for the door. So good luck, Phil. And thank you, Lucky Stars, that you've enjoyed your time as much as you have. So that's all we have on Phil. So bye, Phil. And that's time, I believe. So, oh, Kaz is it. Just in time. <laughs> Hello. Hello. So, so Kaz, we're doing a section where you get two minutes to talk about something that's annoyed you in the news. Chris has talked about the FA. Uh, Stacey talked about Dubai and I talked about Phil Neville. Is there anything else you want to talk about or do you want to talk about one of the things we've already talked about? Oh, my thing for two-minute rant is um, fans having a dig at the club. So to start with, it's not Carla's fault that anything is going wrong with injuries. It's not the players' fault for anything happening. If you want to have a go, message Dong, because he's got the whole power to influence this squad. Um, he's not putting his money where his mouth is. Um, so you want to have a go, basically tweet him. Don't be tweeting the club because it's not the media's fault. It's not the players' fault. It's not the manager's fault. Basically, it's his fault. So you've got a problem with the club and how it's ran. Message him because I'm sick and tired of seeing people whinging or oh, we've only got this amount of players, we've only got that amount of players, why are we get, picking up injuries? You've, you've seen how small the squad is. Did you think anything less than at the start of the season? Look, we've got nine points. Technically, at this precise moment in time, before the referee, uh, the FA getting involved with the points deduction and whatever, we're safe. So just whatever your problem is, message the owner, not the club, because it's none of their business. Thank you. Good night. You did it with 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 about forty seconds left to go, Cal. So well done, well done. Yeah. We all got the countdown, Lord. You know, I know. Yeah, we were we were ready. There was me thinking Cal was going to be the worst one, trying to like get her to show up, and she's the one that finished the quickest. You didn't want me starting on Dubai Gate, so that's all okay. No, Stacey probably could have done about half an hour on Dubai Gate. Oh, so, yeah. <laughs> do you know when everyone says I speed up really fast when I'm talking and I don't take a breath? Yeah, yeah, yeah I didn't take a breath. I'm proud of you. In future weeks, hopefully there won't be as many bad things to talk about in women's football, but I'm sure there will be. I hope you've enjoyed the steam room this week. We'll be back with that section next week on the show. Um, the final, oh, one, one of the last final things on this week's show, we're going to be talking about Spurs or Birmingham City or what should have been, I suppose. The club have informed the FA that they cannot fulfill this weekend's fixture at Tottenham Hotspur. The club had potentially 10 fit players for the trip. And despite asking for a postponement earlier in the week, their appeal was rejected. A small squad and a growing injury list is a bad combination and it comes to bite us right now. As Chris uh, alluded to, have the FA acted fairly? They've certainly blurred the lines after postponing the Manchester United versus Everton game. According to media reports, they had no positive coronavirus cases and yet managed to argue the point and with 13 fit players got the game called off. 
We tried the same against Aston Villa earlier in the season and the game went ahead. It's not a good look for the FA when these double standards come into play. The club aren't free from blame, I will stress. The board appointed our previous manager, Marta Tejador, as manager and we lost players as a result of that. They failed to then announce a manager this summer, earlier earlier in the summer, and we lost players as a result of that. We aren't a Premier League backside and I think the fan base respect that and don't expect the world. We do have a minimum standard that we should strive for, though, a starting 11 with five substitutes on the bench. That should be the bare minimum. Injuries are always going to happen, and you should have players in the squad ready to come in. The board have the opportunity now, in this transfer window, to shut down the critics. Go get the checkbook out and ensure this doesn't happen again. We will have players back from injury in time, but it doesn't look good for the club when you have a Fredbear squad and can't fulfil your fixtures. We as fans care for these players. When they put on the blue shirt, they almost like family to us. We back them to the ends of the earth and the club should do the same. Blues women are a team and have been for so long, as I can remember, that exceeds all expectations. The the rewards for that labour don't always reflect that. And I think it should be. Uh, Does anyone want to come off on the back of that? Yeah, I think I feel like I'll just be ranting again because like it has come out that there was a positive case within our squad this week and Apparently that doesn't affect it because, it, yeah, like, it's just, the, like Chris said, the FA are just so contradictive at the moment. And I think it's highlighted. The only thing that I think is decent to come out of this is that it's highlighted how women's football is sort of, the FA are sort of kind of lacking. We're meant to be a professional league, so start treating us like one. And it's getting media coverage from, let's say, bigger media sources than what, what what you normally would get. You've got a lot of men's fans who are now talking about it as well. So women's football is getting talked about more at the moment. It's full for the wrong reasons. But I think maybe the fact that it's highlighted where the FA are lacking might, probably won't, but might push them to try and rectify what we've been saying is wrong for as long as we've been saying it now so going on to what Stacey's just said um, about the league being professional I think the players need to remember they're professional as well and going on holiday isn't a good professional thing when we're in a pandemic so they've got to be looked at as well other than just the FA yeah absolutely and um we we didn't we didn't bring it up. I should bring it up now. We, the um the results of the Tottenham Hotspur game will be taken to an independent tribunal now as a result of the fact that we can't fulfil the fixture. Based on the fact that the Everton game got called off, Chris, do you think we're more likely going to get a, a favourable result from this outcome compared to how it would have been if maybe that result hadn't gone uh, had gone ahead? No, <laughs> um, I'm not. I'm not expecting anything. Um, no, I'm but hoping, is it more? Is it more likely? Is it more likely I'm with ho- that? I'm hoping that might be caught. Uh, you know, help our case that we turn around and say, "Well, you called off Everton v Man United when technically there were no positive cases at all. It's just they're, they're crying about lack of fitness when we've had a squad of sixteen all year, and and we you know we have to keep going every week. So yeah, I'm I'm hoping it will help our case to the defence, but I'm not expecting anything. That's for certain. When you when you're talking about Arsenal's and Man City's and Chelsea and Man United's and people like that, I won't say Chelsea because they're they're the only ones who, who aren't in this situation. But it's it's always it's always difficult, and there's always going to be people who pick up on on the story because it's that team. And yes, people might be talking about it more, and yes, it might be showing 
the, the standards that the FA hold for women's football to new supporters that have come into the league over the last couple of years. But <laughs> surely, surely the Sunderland situation and and the Doncaster Rovers Bell situation and the Notts County situation and all these other situations, all these other things that have happened in the past. You'd have thought at that point those things would have been picked up by people, um, uh, but I don't think it'll. I don't think anything will change because ultimately it's Arsenal, Man City, and Man United who are benefiting. They're not until they're the ones who are being affected negatively by by something that happens in women's football. Nothing will change because it doesn't matter. It doesn't need to change because. Because the big the big teams aren't being affected, if you know what I mean. So um, I'm not expecting anything, um, but yeah, hopefully, hopefully we could turn around and say these were your guidelines. You called off Everton, Man United when there was no cases. We had one case, so you know to to not call us off was was against your own your own guidelines, if you like. But yeah, I think if if this was any of a normal season and we were the team with not enough players to make a match, but then everyone was fine. I think they would be fair within their rights to bring us yeah. up for that because yeah. you have a responsibility to fulfill your fixtures, which is in the FIFA guidelines, it says a team sanctioned with a forfeit will be considered to have lost the match 3-0. Yeah, go on, go on, Stacey. You I was just going to say, but if this was a normal season, we would have called upon our academy players. The yeah. reason that, we couldn't call upon our academy players is because they are not in the same COVID bubble. So which is, which is an FA guideline. Exactly. Which is an FA guideline exactly. that you can't so, bring up your academy bubble. Exactly. Like the academy haven't played for how long? I don't actually think we've played an academy league game all season. The club has to pay for their own testing. I know this came out in the media a couple of weeks ago that it's the same for the men's. So we can't afford to go, oh, hang on, we've got a couple of injuries. Should we call up so-and-so? And we'll get her tested. It's not, well, hang on, we've got to pay for an extra testing now. Apparently there was a freak accident, weren't there, about someone being in golf or all sorts. I don't know the ins and outs of what's gone on. I've just seen that there was like a couple of freak injuries that you just unprecedented. And Yeah, the, the, as you say, there's, there's guidelines in place. And I think that it has to be two weeks that they have to be isolated before they can rejoin, well, join the first team squad. So it wasn't going to be something that's going to happen overnight. And obviously they were hoping to get the players back from injury for the restart of the fixtures in this month. So yeah, there, there are reasons why we can't obviously just bring players up, as you say. Well, I'm, and... I'm assuming now that the board might go, hang on a minute, Carl out. Can you call a couple of youngsters, like get them integrated into the team just in case this comes up again? Cause like you said, we don't, we've not been given definite timeframes of when these injured players are going to be back. We need to protect ourselves from this happening again because, like we've all established, the FA ain't going to protect us. A little bit funny. How much is it, how much is it for a test? £125 per test. £125 per test, yeah. And you have to test every week. Yeah, yeah. And obviously, if uh, COVID testing happens, they have to test multiple times if yeah. you have a positive. So now yeah. we've got a positive test in the camp. It's going to have to be a lot more, yeah. Testing, yeah. Which you've got to get from, again. yeah, yeah. Again, you've you've got to you've got to get it from a club uh, no backed, backed by a club <laughs> by a men's club with no money, compared yeah. to the testing for uh, <laughs> a club backed by a men's club that are owned by a, a a state over in the Middle East. So I think we'll wrap this up by saying it's likely 
I think the worst case scenario, which because it's a first defense, I think we we would lose the game and maybe three nil as a, as a as the worst case scenario probably in the likelihood. And the best case scenario is we get the game postponed and we get to play it again. So let's hope that we get the positive end of that. Three points is is bad to lose, but if we had to, we have to, and that's that's just going to be what we're going to have to put up with. Um, a bit it of, is so, worth saying. Sorry, it is worth saying as we go into the second half of the season, all these postponed games that we've had. I hope that whatever the uh, you know they might as well not even train for the second half of the season because we'll be playing so many games. It'll it'll be Sunday, Wednesday, Sunday, Wednesday for what seems to be forever until the end of the season. So yeah, train as lightly as possible, please, and and stay as healthy as possible. Absolutely. Uh, before we go, we've got a little bit of supporters group business to take care of. We will be doing pre-game fan chats via Zoom going forward as we look to find a way to better support your mental health. Um, it's a it's, it's a cause that obviously Kaz has pointed out in the past that we need to support. And I, I thought it would be a good idea to do these chats to bring the fans together every week before games, just so people can check, um, check in really, because we haven't seen each other in a long time in the stadiums. We'll be going live 30 minutes before kickoff when we do have a game back. Hopefully it's next week. If not, then the week after that or whenever the next game is scheduled for. So be sure to follow the Blues Women SG Twitter account for the link to the fan chat. Uh, I'll also put it in the Facebook group as a uh, Facebook uh, page as well. If it's successful, we will look at doing a post-match one as well. Because we're not likely to have a game next week, we won't have any predictions this week. Um, due to the positive cases that were the, within the Brighton squad. So we'll end the show there. Thank you to Chris, Stacey and Kaz, who came in halfway through. But thanks for joining us, Kaz. That's very committed, you're, given that you're, you're awake. You're welcome for my rant. You are welcome mm-hmm. for my rant. Um, and that's all for this week's show. You can follow the show on Twitter and Facebook at Brum is Blue. And as always, remember to keep right on. <laughs>